Good morning, Summit Crossing. It is, uh, again, a, a pleasure, privilege, honor uh, to be able to stand before the Word of God and present it to the people of God. It is um, always a great joy to have the opportunity to do so. If you're um, here for the first time or, or uh, this, this morning, I want to let you know that uh, the series that we're doing right now is a little bit different than what we uh, typically do. Typically here at Summit Crossing, we try to preach through books of the Bible, um, verse by verse, as expositionally as we can, uh, so that we expose the meaning of the Word of God to the hearts of the people of God, um, asking the Spirit to change us. And so what, what we're doing right now, uh, starting today, is we're just doing a series uh, through kind of our mission statement and our identity as Summit Crossing, what we feel God has called us to be and to do here in, uh, in Limestone. And so with all of the changes that are going on around us, um, uh, the, the world seems to be changing uh, with all the uh, COVID stuff and many other things, um, and there are things changing in our church as well. We as the elders felt that it was important for us to uh, take about uh, six weeks to say things may change, but nothing's changing. That is, we are the people of God called by God to accomplish a particular purpose here uh, in, in Limestone, and that's not changing. We're going to continue and press on with what God has called us to do. Um, you heard Brooke already kind of talk through our vision and mission. Our vision is uh, at Summit Crossing that we, we, we believe that we exist to see the kingdom of Christ advance from our neighborhoods to the nations, and we are going to continue to engage in that mission for the glory of God. Um, we, and that starts in our neighborhoods, and we readily confess that, that we can't do missions by just getting on airplanes. Uh, we are going to continue, uh, whatever it looks like in, in these new times, we're going to continue to press the issue that making disciples uh, and reaching uh, to the ends of the earth starts in our own neighborhoods. And so, uh, we're continuing in that mission um, for the sake of the glory of God, and we're going to participate in taking it to the nations. And, and as a part of that mission statement, we, we have these three phrases, right, that we want to be people who are knowing the gospel, connecting in gospel relationships, and living out the gospel in the world around us. And we do that as family servants and missionaries. Those are kind of the six things that we have hooks that we try to hang everything on. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take about six weeks and we're going to walk through knowing the gospel, connecting in gospel relationships, um, living out the gospel in the world around us as family, servants, and missionaries so that you all as a church uh, can again be reminded of the fact that we are not changing, and be reminded of the importance of community in accomplishing this vision and mission. And that's going to be the thrust, is that engaging in community, being involved in a biblical, Christian, gospel-centered community is critical in accomplishing the mission of knowing the gospel, connecting the gospel relationships, living out the gospel in the world around us. It is critical. And so we're going to be talking about the importance of community in knowing the gospel today. Um, we're, going to, we're going to walk through that uh, as we look at various texts, three primarily, three texts of Scripture. Uh, like I said, typically we'd be in one text and we would walk through that text together. 
Uh, but we're going we're gonna to bounce around just a little bit uh, across three texts of Scripture. Those, those will be on the screen as we go through, and I'll, I'll try to give you some time, I guess, to, to find those in the copy of the Word that you have before you as well as we, as we go through this, this morning. My name is Joey. I'm one of the elders here, um, and uh, we work together in plurality to bring you the Word of God and to shepherd and love you um, well as an under-shepherd with Jesus Christ as our chief shepherd. So as we, as we look at this this morning, we're going to talk about the importance of community in knowing the gospel. Now, before I can talk about the importance of community in that, I've certainly got to take just a moment at least to say, so what is the gospel? Um, I, could, I could teach on a series answering that question from now till the day I die and never plumb the depth of that well. So I'm not going to try to give you an exhaustive definition of what is the gospel uh, this morning. But just by way of introduction to this sermon, I want to give you three bullet points uh, that are parts of and critical to the gospel. As a matter of fact, you've already um, sung them together this morning. Uh, and, and as that song ended, uh, Stephen said, Joey, you know, he, he said, heads up, uh, uh, Joey's going to talk more about this later. We didn't coordinate that at all this week. We didn't talk about this uh, going forward this week at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I preached the first sermon, I, I said that. I was like, he's already led you in a song that makes the three points that I wanted to make about what is the gospel this morning. Those three points, as the song put it, were saved by grace alone, slay my sin by grace alone, and reach the end by grace alone. And so I, I wrote it out a little longer than that because most of you know that I'm, you know, preach too long most of the time. I can't put it in succinct, short sentences. So here, here's what I wrote out uh, as what is the gospel. Again, it's not exhaustive, um, but it's important things about the gospel. It is the good news that even though we are sinful and cannot work for our salvation, Jesus Christ has completed all of the work for salvation for us by grace alone, through faith alone. The work of salvation has been completed by Christ in His perfect life, fulfilling the law and the prophets, in His substitutionary death, receiving our penalty, and in the glorious resurrection wherein we receive His life applied by the Holy Spirit to us by grace alone, through faith alone. We, we don't work to earn it. So that's the first one, saved by grace alone, as the song put it. The second thing that I want us to be reminded of this morning, that what is the gospel, is it is the good news that even though we are not perfect, Jesus Christ has given us His Spirit to live in us, enabling us to overcome sin by grace alone, through faith alone. So even though we've been saved by Jesus, by His work, we are not perfect. And we don't pretend as though we are perfect. We don't proclaim that we are perfect. We understand, as Paul understood, the struggle that we have with the sinful nature in Romans 7, and we know that we are not perfect. But, we don't use that as an excuse, 
to go on sinning. We understand that Jesus has given us his spirit to live in us, enabling us to overcome sin by grace alone, through faith alone. So the way the psalm put it, slay my sin by grace alone. The third thing that I want us to be mindful of and remember about what is the gospel this morning uh, as we think through the importance of community in knowing the gospel is that it is the good news that even though we may die, Jesus Christ is coming and the dead in Christ shall rise by grace alone, through faith alone. And so this morning, the song put it, that we will reach the end by grace alone. So I want us, before we begin, now I could go on and on and on, right? And, and we could compile uh, an ever-going uh, and never-ending list of important things about the nature of Jesus and the work of Jesus and the impact of the gospel on our lives. We could go on and on and on and, and, and never reach its end. But I want us to think this morning about the fact that the gospel is simply that we do not work for our salvation. That we cannot accomplish our salvation by our work. But that Jesus has accomplished all of it. Our salvation, our overcoming of sin, and our ultimate resurrection. He has accomplished it all in His perfect life and perfect work and substitutionary atonement. We are under grace. And so, this is part and parcel of the gospel. And so, as we look at knowing the gospel this morning, I want us to think through the fact that we cannot earn it. Remember that. But to do so, I want to talk about the importance of community. As, as we struggle with the gospel, as we think through the gospel, as we grapple with it, and so, in three points that we're going to talk about, the, the, the first one is that community confirms understanding. I want to talk about the importance of community in our understanding of the gospel, and therefore I want us to see that community confirms understanding. So as we grapple, we need to do so in community with one another. And so, to do that, I want us to think through, first of all, uh, why that's the case. Have, have you ever been in a situation where, where you thought maybe you didn't understand the gospel correctly? Have you ever been uncertain about the way you think and understand the scriptures or, or the gospel? Have you ever really had those maybe even doubts about the truth of the gospel and struggled with that? Have you, have you ever been in a situation where maybe, maybe you thought, I, I think I understand the gospel, but I could never explain it to anybody else. So I shouldn't be the one sharing the gospel. Somebody else should share the gospel with them because I don't, I don't have a good enough understanding of the gospel to do that. Have you ever been there? Struggle with your own um, abilities or, or doubt your own full and complete understanding? Um, confused maybe about some points finer details or points of the gospel or of the scriptures. I, th I, think, I think we're all there. I hope we're there. Because when we're there, we're driven to the scriptures all the more to clarify our understanding, and that's, and that's good and healthy and wise. But I want you to know that if you're there, if you've ever been there, 
Don't be embarrassed by that, right? Um, that's not something new. That's not a new thing in the 21st century. It was not a new thing when uh, Martin Luther was going through it in uh, the time of the Reformation. Um, it was not a new thing uh, in, in the 500s. It, it was not a new thing. This goes all the way back to the early church, of grappling about the finer details or an understanding of, of what is the gospel and how does it apply in our world. So to, to prove that, I wanted you to, to know that in the early church that even Paul, now Paul, of course, author of 13 books of the New Testament, right? So I think, and, and, and it's his writings that give us uh, deep clarity about uh, the finer details of the theology of Christ and, and his person and his work and all of the details about the, the gospel. And, and that's beautiful. But even Paul uh, had to have his message confirmed by Peter and James. He struggled. And the people around him struggled whether or not what he was teaching was right. And so I want you to hear this morning, community confirms understanding. So a little bit of background. What, had, what was going on is, is Paul had been set apart by the church of Antioch to go and deliver the gospel to Gentiles. And he had taken a missionary journey, he and Barnabas, and they had gone through uh, Asia Minor, Galatia, and several cities, and they had preached the gospel. And he had started by going to synagogues and preaching to Jews, and Jews were rejecting it, and he began to preach to Gentiles. And Gentile after Gentile after Gentile was coming to know that Jesus is the Messiah, and that salvation is available in Christ alone, and that he had died and was raised for the forgiveness of sin and the giving of life. And so they began to be converted and made new through the power of the Holy Spirit in the gospel. And that was a new thing. These Gentiles were being converted, beginning to happen all over the known world at the time. And so that caused a debate to arise in the church. And Jews were accusing Paul of teaching something that was not consistent with the Word of God, the, the law of Moses. And so there was this big debate, and it was a grappling with and, and questioning of what is the gospel. And so Paul and Barnabas, after their completion of their first missionary journey, were back in Antioch, and, and the Jews in Antioch were accusing them, and there was that debate, and so they went to Jerusalem. And they met with Peter and James and the other apostles, and the Jews and Paul and Barnabas debated the gospel. And there was this healthy, vigorous debate about what these things mean, that Jesus is the Messiah and the, His death, burial, and resurrection, and how does it apply to Gentiles? And should Gentiles become Christians without becoming Jews first? Should they have to uh, covenant to obey the law of Moses like us Jews have done for centuries now? Should they be circumcised or not? And so they had all of these questions about the gospel. And at the end of that debate, Peter speaks up. And in Acts chapter 15, verse 7, this is what is said. And after they had been, there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Peter's talking about what happened in Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, Peter saw the sheet coming down with all sorts of forbidden foods and animals. 
And, and God used that vision to tell Peter that the Gentiles were no longer considered unclean, but that he should take the gospel to the Gentiles. And he took the gospel to Cornelius's house, a Roman centurion. He preached the gospel there, and it says that all of Cornelius's household believed. And so that's what Peter's referring to, that, that it was through my mouth that, that the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And then verse 8, And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as He did to us. And He made no distinction between us, the Jews, and them, the Gentiles, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Not by works, but by faith. And in verse 11, He says, But we believe that we will be saved through grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. Notice what Peter did there, by the way. He's talking about the debate itself. I'm not preaching that issue, but notice what he did there, right? He didn't say, no, the Gentiles are just like us. He said to these Jews, us Jews are just like those Gentiles. Did you catch that? He says, he didn't say they'll be saved the same way we will be saved. He said, no, no, no. We will be saved through grace just like they are being saved. It's not that the Jews, the Gentiles have to be like us. It's that we Jews, we got to figure it out. Salvation is not by works. we got to be just like them and understand that we are saved by grace alone through faith alone. And so the, the debate began to come to an end there with the community of believers confirming for Paul and Barnabas that they were preaching the true gospel. Community confirms our understanding. As a matter of fact, James followed that up in verse 13. He said, After they finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree. And then he quoted some Old Testament scripture. So Peter says, you know, helps Paul and Barnabas understand from an from a personal experience perspective, that you are preaching the true gospel. And then James comes alongside and points them to the Scriptures and says, this is what the Scriptures agree with as well, confirming in them as a community of believers that it is right. And James says, therefore my judgment is that we should not trouble those, the Gentiles who turn to God. And so the community confirmed for Paul and Barnabas and for the rest of the community that they were preaching the true gospel to these Gentiles. Let us understand that when we struggle with whether or not we get it right, whether or not we're confident in the gospel, whether or not we feel like we know the scriptures well enough, like that guy or that girl over there know the scriptures, let us know that we must press into gospel community so that we can hear from others and from the scriptures in a way that helps confirm in our hearts the truths of the gospel and gives us confidence in grace that we can stand by faith and proclaim the truth. And so we must engage in community so that the gospel truths can be confirmed in us. The way we do that at Summit Crossing is through what we call missional communities. And you're going to hear me talk a little bit about missional community this morning. Missional community is, is struggling, right? I mean, we have this COVID thing, 
and it's making it hard to gather in homes, making it hard to do those things. And during the summer, it was all right because we could meet in parks and things like that. But now it's getting colder and it's going to be more difficult. We as elders are, and staff are trying to think through creative ways to make sure that you can still gather as missional community because we believe it is critical that we continue to press into gospel community so that we can know the gospel well with one another and confirm for one another the truths of the gospel. A gospel community of believers should drive you to the scriptures to confirm the truths of the gospel. There was another occasion when Paul and Barnabas did something similar. It was 14 years into uh, Paul's ministry after his conversion. And Paul is in Galatians chapter 2. And, and in that instance, Paul says it wasn't really a debate that was rising. Paul actually says the words. He said, I, I went to talk with Peter and James in, 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 in Jerusalem, and he did so this time, he said he did so privately, and he did it privately, and he said the reason was, he said, for fear that I might be running or had run in vain, is what he said. So Paul struggled with, is, at times in his flesh, is this gospel accurate? Is this, is this good? Is this what I should be teaching? And in that instance as well, Peter and James confirmed for him the truths of the gospel. Gospel community confirms our understanding of the truth. The second point is that community corrects understanding. Have you, have you ever been wrong? Oh, 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 let me ask that the other way. Have you ever known anybody to be wrong? It's easier to answer, right? I, I've, I've been wrong about things in the scriptures before. I have. And I am. I've even been wrong about some things pretty critical to the gospel before. Especially wrong about how the gospel applies in particular situations in life. And we need community to help correct us in our understanding of the gospel and its application to life situations. And sometimes we do find ourselves in situations where we're wrong, but don't let that bother you. That's not new. It's not that we've gotten so far away from the time of Christ that it's gotten more difficult to be right because they were wrong in the early church as well. As a matter of fact, while Peter and James confirmed for Paul and Barnabas the truths of the gospel that they were preaching, there was an instance where Paul had to correct Peter for his inappropriate application of the truths of the gospel. And so that's going to come up here as well. In, in gospel community, we must be willing to correct one another as we struggle with gospel truth and application. In this particular instance, um, uh, Paul was there in Antioch and, and Peter came and visited. Um, and so during Peter's stay there in Antioch, he was associating with the Gentiles. He was eating with the Gentiles, and, and he was buddy-buddy, if you will, with the Gentiles. But then some other people came up from James, it says, or from Jerusalem. Some other Jews came to visit. And when those other Jews came to visit, Peter started distancing himself from those Gentiles to the point that he wouldn't sit and eat with them anymore. So much so, and he's so reputed to be a leader in the church, you know, the apostle of apostles, right, in the church, 
that even Barnabas, one of the men that went with Paul to deliver the gospel message to the Gentiles across the world, even Barnabas started separating himself from the Gentiles and wouldn't associate with them. And when Paul started seeing this happen, Paul rebuked Peter publicly because he was not rightly understanding the gospel's implications on these relationships. So sometimes we are wrong. And we need gospel community to help correct us and put us on a right footing in regards to the gospel and its applications. As a matter of fact, in Galatians chapter 2, this is where this story is. In verse 11, Paul says, But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. And then we kind of, verse 14 at the end of that, he says, When I saw there that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. It was a gospel issue that Paul was seeing. And Peter was not correct in his gospel understanding. And Paul says that he publicly rebuked him to his face. To correct, not, not for the sake of making himself better than Peter or making Peter look bad. No, but for the sake of the gospel and for his love for Peter and his love for the Gentiles and of the Jews that were following him, he publicly rebuked him so that the gospel could be corrected and rightly understood. So community corrects understanding. A community of believers should hold one another accountable to right beliefs and rightly holding gospel truth such that it applies in day-to-day life. I do want to make a note here, though, and note that Paul and Peter were both apostles in the church, okay? And Paul publicly rebukes Peter because Peter was publicly sinning, and as an apostle was leading other believers astray, and that's why Paul's rebuke was public of Peter. This is not saying that we should correct one another in public and beat each other down about your misunderstanding or I am high and mighty and I know better and so I'm going to tell you that's not what Paul was doing here. They were both apostles and so they had the right and responsibility to lead publicly and that's why it was done publicly. We, however, should take this principle that we should hold one another accountable to right belief and apply it in our private situations. And when you see a brother or a sister misapplying or misunderstanding the gospel, we must engage in those private conversations of discipleship to help correct their understanding. Not to prove ourselves right, but for the sake of the glory of God and the excellencies of Christ so that the true gospel can be put on glorious display, we lead each other to right understanding of the gospel. And so we have to have those private conversations in graciousness and kindness for the sake of correction as well. And so the third point that I want us to see, first, community confirms understanding second community corrects understanding and now finally community completes understanding that's what i mean community completes understanding well you know we're all in different places in our walk with christ right 
we're, we're all at a different understanding of the depth of the Scriptures. Um, I've been around people that have driven me to the Word because of their passionate understanding uh, that was just um, unbelievably clear, and I didn't have that. And so I, I hung around those people and listened to them uh, and let them help complete my understanding of the Scriptures. I've been around people in, in my ministry that weren't in a place where they had a more full understanding of the Scriptures, and so I sat with them and opened the Word with them and helped them learn to study it and pointed out the truths of the Word so that their faith and their understanding could be made more complete as well. We don't do these things in isolation, no matter what COVID does to us. We do not do these things in isolation. We must engage in gospel community so that our understanding of the Scriptures can be made more complete. You know, most of the time it's not correction that's needed, right? Most of the time it's just maturing and nurturing discipleship. It helps complete our understanding of the gospel that's needed. You may have heard of a guy named Apollos in the scriptures. Uh, most of you have probably heard of him from the Corinthian letters where Paul says, some say I follow Apollos, some say I follow Paul, others say I follow Christ. Um, and, and that's where you're familiar with that name. But if you rewind a little bit and go back earlier in Apollos' ministry, in, in the book of Acts, we meet Apollos, and Apollos is said to be a man who was eloquent, a man who was mighty in the Scriptures, a man who was fervent in spirit, and who was teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus. How, how many would like for that to be your description, right? I'm fervent in spirit eloquent, mighty in the scriptures, and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus. That is a resume I think we would all be interested in. But in that same context, it is said that Apollos only knew of the baptism of John. He was missing something. It wasn't complete. And Apollos came to Ephesus, and he was preaching in the synagogues and teaching in the synagogues and teaching in accordance with the truths related to the baptism of John. And, and what does that mean? Most likely what it means is that he was accurately teaching the things concerning Jesus. That is what John was teaching. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He was probably teaching that the Messiah is coming, just like John was teaching that the Messiah is coming. He was fully convinced from the Old Testament scriptures that the time is now. The Messiah is arriving. The Messiah is coming. He may have even been familiar with Jesus and was teaching the things that Jesus did and taught about the kingdom of God as well, but he was not yet to a place where he understood that Jesus is the Messiah. So he was eloquent, he was masterful with the Old Testament Scriptures, and he was anticipating the coming Messiah, but he was missing one key ingredient, and that that Messiah had come and that it was Jesus. And these two people, Priscilla and Aquila, in Ephesus heard him preaching. And listen in Acts chapter 18, Verse 26, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he had wished to 
cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. What, what does this mean? He heard the rest of the truth from Priscilla and Aquila, and immediately he wanted to go and preach it more boldly and in, in, in other places. And they wrote to the disciples there and encouraged to receive him because he had a right understanding of the gospel. And listen, when he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed. Listen to this in verse 28. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. You see, beforehand, he only was familiar with the baptism of John. But engaging in a gospel community in Ephesus, Priscilla and Aquila pulled him aside, explained more accurately to him the way of Jesus, explained to him that, yes, repent in the kingdom because the kingdom of God is coming, but here's what you need to also understand. Jesus is the Messiah. And they unfolded the scripture for him in this glorious way. And he, understanding by grace what Jesus had accomplished for salvation, then goes off and boldly proclaims, Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. You see, his understanding just needed to be completed. And so engaging in gospel community helped complete his understanding of the gospel. A community of believers should graciously and patiently push one another along in maturing our understanding of the gospel. We should be fanning the flames of one another. At times, you should be receiving discipleship from another who is explaining in more clarity and in more uh, in, in more application, the truths of the gospel. And at other times, you should be engaging with others, helping them to see with more clarity and more accurate application the truths of the gospel. And that happens as the community helps confirm our understanding, correct our understanding, and complete our understanding of the gospel truths in accordance with the scriptures. We do some of that on Sunday morning. On Sunday morning, you sit here and we sing the gospel, as you've seen already. We preach the gospel, which I hope you realize you have heard. And we observe the gospel and the elements of the Lord's Supper. But Sunday morning is not enough. That's, Sunday morning is, is that time when we are biblically mandated to gather for the purpose of public worship. It is that public celebration of the gathering of believers for the purpose of, of declaring the excellencies of Christ and praising Him and lifting Him up as worthy, worthy, worthy Lamb. That's what we do on Sunday morning. And that's the biblical mandate, and we're going to continue to do that. But we must be engaged in personal relationships in a close manner so that we can, in community with one another, allow iron to sharpen iron, grow in our love of Christ and our understanding of the Word. Yes, grow in knowing the gospel. Missional community is where we do that. Missional community is where we desire for your understanding of the gospel to be completed. 
Missional community is where we desire for your understanding of the gospel to be corrected. Missional community is where we desire for your understanding of the gospel to be confirmed. As we live in gospel relationships with one another, striving, yes, to know the gospel. Of course, to be able to do that requires openness. It requires communication. It requires really knowing each other rather than knowing what we project about ourselves to other people. It requires trusting relationships where we can be real and genuine, open, honest. It requires letting people see your struggles, and it requires not being judgmental when you see the struggles of others. All of that requires connecting in gospel relationships. And so next week, Dave is going to come and he's going to preach for us that very fact, that in missional community is where we strive to connect in gospel relationships. So I hope that you'll join us as we continue in understanding who God has made us to be and how we are not going to change, but we are going to press in to gospel community so that we can know the gospel, connect in gospel relationships, live out the gospel in the world around us as family, as servants, and as missionaries. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you